Well, welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. Welcome to our morning service, the 930 service. This is when our church really starts at 930. So if you're ever in the area, please come and, and join us at 930. And then we take a break at 1015. There's a little echo. I guess y'all can hear that. And then also that we have another main service at 1030. So we're happy to have you join us today. Um, my name is Leslie Johnson, Sam Johnson's wife. And we're going to start talking today about Deborah of the Bible. Um, I, that's one of my favorite biblical, um, stories, characters, I guess you could say. I was reading along the lines somewhere doing this study, but there's, there's actual, um, mm, messages out there about Deborah. Oh, it's not that important of a message because she's the woman and, and that also it's not about Deborah. It's a, I know it's not about Deborah is about uh, Barack not having um, a backbone. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because they're saying it's only two chapters of the Bible. And to me, it's a magnificent story. And it's not just for women. It's, it's a message to all Christians. And so that's what my message is about. But yes, we're going to talk about Deborah. We're going to talk about her as a mighty prayer warrior and woman of God. Um, but also I want you to understand that, you know, men, children, we all take away from this. We all take away from this message. So Deborah, Deborah of the Bible. So she was a mighty woman of God. We're going to talk about this mighty woman. Uh, there's mighty women of God. There's mighty men of God, but we're just going to talk about Deborah, mainly her story today. And, and hopefully it's going to touch your life, make you make some changes and Maybe kind of examine yourself. I hope that's what I'll do. But it's found in Judges chapter 4 and chapter 5. Now, Deborah of the Bible, she was, to me, one of the most influential women of the Old Testament. I believe she was, she was a wife, that says. But I believe she was probably even a mother. Um, I don't know that she could have been called a judge unless she was a mother. <laughs> I think that, that you learn a lot of wisdom just because of that. But probably a mom. Uh, she was a minister. She was a warrior. She wrote praise songs. She was a female judge. She was the only female, ju female judge, <laughs> excuse me, of God's people. She was a leader. She was full of wisdom and full of courage. And that's what the message is for all of us, all of us believers, that we are to be full of courage. Uh, Israel's troubles that she was with when she was reigning uh, because of the, the reason that they were having trouble was because of their own sins and also because of the idol worshiping that was going on at the time. They were full of rebellion. They were, they are, they were oppressed. Now, Deborah, uh, she came from the hill country of Ephraim between Bethel and Ramah. Bethel means house of God. So she became, she was Ruling between the house of God and then Rama was actually a place of deceit. Uh, lofty place is what it means. Loose. So we came, she came, she was, she's right in between, you know, like God and then the sin of the world. That's where she was to be the minister, to be the judge, to be the warrior. Everything is right down the middle. Kind of like where we are today, right? I mean, the line is getting very, very thin and which side of that line you're going to be on. Uh, they found her many times. She was under a palm tree. That's where she gave godly wisdom and guidance to those who sought counsel. That's where she was the judge. Uh, she was to go against the king Javan and their the military, excuse me, the general Sisera. And she was called a warrior. And she named Barak 
to command the army. Um, so some of you know the story, but we're going to go through it here a little bit. She says in here, Barak, if you will go with me, then I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. go. And this was found in Judges 4.8. In other words, he's saying, you got to go with me, Deborah. So if I'm going to go fight against Sisera, if I'm going to go fight against that, that, that army, then you're going to go with me, Deborah. You're going to go with me, woman. Well, why would he call the woman? We'll find out here in a minute. But he's saying, I'll go, even though you're, you're telling me to go do this, but I'm not going to go unless you go with me. So Deborah says to Barak, sure, I will go. Or Barak, I think sometimes that people say, the honor shall not be yours, for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hands of a woman, which we find in Judges 4.9. So actually, it was turned over to point out to me, I believe, that, that women are important to God. I think there's too many times, other, especially other religions other than Christianity, but even some denominations that seem to put women down. They are not as important in the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, they don't, many, some of these um, denominations don't think that women can be apostles. For sure, they don't think they can be prophets, or they for sure don't think they can be a minister or a pastor. Um, they let them be teachers because women usually tend to be very good teachers, right? So, you know, I think that there are um, women that evangelize, there's that, that do it very well. There's, there's also that men evangelize. There's women that are pastors, and they do it very well. They're called to be a pastor. They're called to be a minister. There's women that are called to be prophets. There's women that are called to be apostles. They have that vision. Um, so there's not really, uh, I guess... God doesn't say this is just a female role and this is just a, ma a male role. He calls all of us to the body of Christ. And then some are called into different five-fold parts of the ministry. All right. Lady warriors, talk to you for just a minute. You are women of God. Now, we are warriors in our homes. We should be warriors in our workplace. We should be warriors in our children's lives. We cry out to God. We say, Jesus, help me, right, all the time. Um, I'll do what you tell me to do. I am victorious. you got to rise up and say, I'm going to be victorious. Because when something comes against us, when some kind of conflict arises, it's natural for the, the human nature to already to immediately feel defeated because that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to feel defeated. He wants you to be oppressed. He wants you to feel like there's no hope. There's that your faith is dwindled down to nothing. And then you've got to find that strength to rise up and say, "No, I am victorious." So this is men, women, children. We got to find that place. Teach your children. Rise up and say, "No, I am victorious." And you're going to fight with a good fight of faith. Maybe there's an attack that comes against you that's a lie. Um, I know of someone that has a grandson that he was talking to. He, he and a little girl at school were, were talking. And she had uh, something like, a, the, like the, the, the upside down peace sign or something like that on her shirt. And so she was, she was talking to him about it. And say, this is the peace. I have peace today. And he goes, well, according to my understanding of the Bible, that's not the true peace. And he's like nine years old, right? And so she went home, told her mom, and then the mom came to school, went to the principal. And now they're even talking lawsuit against this little nine-year-old boy 
for because he was prejudiced against her. Nothing of the sort. And he's just the sweetest kid. So he's having to learn already at nine years old to stand up for the faith, to stand up for the word of God. He didn't say anything wrong, but he just said, according to the Bible, that's his belief. She has her belief. This is his belief. He says, no, that's not true peace. What's wrong with that? Right? What is wrong with that? Nothing. So we have to teach them to, to early on to be victorious, to rise up and be victorious. Uh, Scarlett and I were watching a little cartoon this morning. It was actually while I was finishing up the PowerPoint because uh, she spent the night with me. And so we were, I had on a cartoon, it's called, I think it's just called Star. It might be A Star, but I think it's called just Star. And it's actually um, an animation film about uh, Mary and Joseph, and it was really cute. I actually thought it was a pretty pretty good job. And, and so so there was a, and there's a donkey in, in the story, and he's like running away, and he's giving up. And it's like, he goes, why is he running away? And I said, because he's a coward right now. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I said, you know Jesus, right? Because, yes, he's my God. I said, yes, he's your God. And I said, so we have to realize that we can't just run. We have to face that enemy, and we have to say, I'm victorious. And so she was in bed with me. I said, say, victorious. She goes, victorious. <laughs> it's just almost like this. So it was kind of interesting how this little animation film was. But So teach them. Teach them early on. Now, again, like the rough times, you know, even a leader uh, of the home, leader of your school, leader of your, your family, whatever the case may be, men, women, children, whatever, whoever is the leader of the home, and sometimes, unfortunately, it is the child. Um, you have to become that leader. We have to say, I am a leader. You know, there are followers, but as Christians, we have to realize we are a leader. We should automatically take that role. Even if your natural um, instincts growing up was you were a follower, once you accept Jesus, you're a follower of Christ, so therefore you go down this line over here, which you become a natural born-again leader. And too many times we as Christians are not taking that responsibility. We're not taking that role. We're still following, still following the world, still getting caught up in the world. We're still like on that fence, like which side do we go today? Because we don't want to hurt somebody. But you have to be a leader. You have to set by example. Amen? So you got to wake up your house. Pray off the habit of sin and contentment. Pray it off in your home. Pray it off in your ministry. Rise up. And that's what the story is about Deborah. Rising up. Rising up to take on that battle. You must declare, you must decree, you must proclaim, and then you can receive that success. And it's not the time for contentment or being lazy in spiritual warfare. Do you understand that spiritual warfare happens every day? I mean, the closer you get to the Lord, the more you realize that spiritual warfare, right? Right? I mean, the more reverent fear you get of God, too. And so you are going to make sure you are going to have to wake up and say, I'm here today. I'm going to not let the enemy defeat me today. And I declare in the name of Jesus, you get out of here. Amen. Right? We have to teach others to be that leader. We have to stand firm in our faith. Stand strong in our faith. Put our feet planted on that ground when we wake up. I know this is not anything new, probably to Spirit of Prophecy church members and listeners, but how many times do we have to say it? I have to say it to myself. I'm not defeated today. 
I'm not going to allow the enemy to, to ruin who I am in Christ. Amen. I'm going to stand firm, stand tall and say, I am victorious. I'm not going to run away. We're going to do what we got to do. So there's, you can't be lazy. You have to get up and fight the battle. Now, during Tom and Deborah, instead of being grateful and humble because of what God did for them, they became satisfied and self-righteous. They were glorifying in their own selves. You know, and I see sometimes um, things uh, on the Internet, and this is just seems to be my story right now, is that, you know, um, other so-called prophets of God, and I say that because I don't know them. I don't know a lot about their fruit other than some of the things I hear them say. And it's all about glorifying themselves. And even speaking to those that are listening to them online, saying they're basically telling them to glorify yourself. You're righteous. You're holy. You're awesome. You're, you know, you're this, you're that. And then he talk, they talk about nothing but against the government and things like that. When we have to recognize, we got to check our own hearts first every day. And to me, as a prophet, a true prophet of God is going to say, I'm telling you, church, you better check who you are in Christ. That's what you need to check. Is there sin in your heart? What are you doing today? Have you hurt somebody? Have you defeated somebody else and made them feel lowly? Have you caused deceit? Have you done those kinds of things? You have to understand that we can't just build ourselves up, right? That's glorifying your own selves. And I think that's where we are right now. Even in um, all the chaos going around in the world, we have to understand that there is chaos in Christianity. Because all the while they're telling them, you know, they're not, to me, they're not telling them to fight the battle, the spiritual warfare. They're just telling them how wonderful they are as a Christian. Tickling their ears, thinking everything's going to be a-okay. When God has put us in a battle, yes, the battle belongs to the Lord, but guess who he uses? Hmm. Yeah. How about you, 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 me, right? He uses us in that spiritual battle so that we can defeat the enemy. We call for a 48-hour fast, and not very many people come. Not very many people join online. We have to say, I have to get up, I have to skip work, I have to, I'm kind of lazy. And that's where the Lord is saying, stop being lazy. Rise up after you've gotten that night's sleep. Might be an hour, like I had the other day. <laughs> but it didn't stop the warfare that has to take place that time as you wake up. Eyes wake up, you pray, put your feet on the ground, you're doing warfare immediately after you pray. Amen? Little rubies hear me? Yell. Sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes. So we have to understand that we have to do that warfare. We have to realize we are in a battle specifically right now. So don't just glorify yourself. Think <coughs> you're all this and all wonderful. Okay? <coughs> glorify our God in the good times? Yes. And then we also praise him in the tough times. It says to praise him in all things. That doesn't mean you praise that horrible situation. You're praising the Lord through it. Get your eyes focused off of who you are, what's going on in your life. It brings the peace of God. And sometimes you have to also continue to praise him till that peace comes. Amen? Amen. Anybody in that kind of situation and in that situation, maybe even right now, you praise him till the peace comes. And then it goes away. You praise him again till the peace comes. That's where you don't give up. I mean, it, it might not end up the way that you want it to end up. That does, that's not the issue. That's not the, the point. 
The point is you're praising him through it all the way. All the way. Amen? Because you have to have that peace to get through those situations. Do you think that Deborah, when she was saying, this is what you got to do, Brax, is this what you got to do? Do you think that she was like, all oh, okay, everything's wonderful and glorifying herself? I guarantee you not. Because if you glorify yourself, the self will, de will deceit you and you'll lose the battle. Because you're not strong enough. You don't have enough might. You won't do it. So we have to put our trust in him and follow him. You also have to be setting the example. Remember I said, you used to be a follower of man. You became a follower of Christ. Amen? Amen. Now you are to be a leader. Everybody say, I'm a leader. I'm a leader. And believe it. I am a leader. I was not yesterday, but today I'm a leader, and forever I'll be a leader. Amen. You set the example. You set the example. You don't teeter-totter. You always set the example. Understand that you're always a witness for Jesus everywhere you go, every phone call you're on, every store you walk in, when you walk in the workplace. You are that example. Amen? All right, so Deborah, she was a role model. She led by example. She was a woman, but the men respected her. Why? Because she respected them first, number one. Also, she set an example. She set an example, and they didn't look to her because, oh, she's female, so I'm not going to follow her. They looked to her because she set an example. She was poised. She was confident. She was bold. She was self-assured. She was obedient in her personal life. She was obedient in her workplace. And also, she, more important than anything, she was faithful. So they found her to be a, quite a faithful woman of God and a strong woman. Now, it might have been a persona sometimes because we have to do that sometimes. Sometimes you do have to fake it till you make it. Just have to do it. Amen. Amen. They don't know. And all the while, God's building up that faith. He's building it up, even though I don't like that term, really, fake it till you make it, because eventually it's not fake. You have got to set that example. And you just, you praise right through it. So who are you at this moment? A parent, a spouse, co-worker? Are you owner of a company? Are you faithful? Are you obedient in all those areas of your life? In the public? In private? You know, who are you? Ask yourself, who am I at this moment? Am I a leader? Am I a leader of the home? Am I setting the example? Is it someone that they would naturally follow? Because guess what? When you're a leader, they naturally follow you. People will naturally follow wherever you go. There becomes like an anointing on you. There really is. There's an anointing that comes on when you're going to be that leader and they're going to follow They'll automatically follow because there's something about you. There's something about you with that anointing of God upon you that will cause them, make them follow who you are. And eventually they're going to find out it's because of Christ inside of you. True? You've experienced this before? It's time to experience it again every day of your life. Hallelujah and amen. Good word from the Lord this morning. Amen. All right. So Deborah told Barak to go and lead the army. 
She respected the man. She told him in private things so that he was, was not belittling him in front of everybody. She respected the man. She knew the position of man, knew the position of men as natural leaders in the home or whatever. God made them that way, right, supposedly. Or, you know, they can be fluffy, <laughs> like cotton candy, right? I, you know, and unfortunately, I'm, I, I know I'm going to hurt somebody. And I don't mean these words to hurt others. I want them to change you. Okay, so there's so many because of the way society is today that we have mama boys. Mama boys that are just being raised by mama and they're, they're wimp. They don't know how to work. They don't know how to do anything because mama's going to serve, 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 serve every day. Serve them, serve them, serve them because that's what moms do. But you have to have a balance with a man in that life of that man, of that boy, right? Well, if you don't have a spouse, then you get connected with some men of the church. And I don't mean just one because you don't want to have something, you know, that's representing looking evil, right? You want to have several men say, hey, I need you guys to take my son. Go take him. Teach him how to be a man. Take him fishing. How to, you know... Not let me that wimp to that not gonna put that worm on the hook. I'm the wimp right here. Me. Someone else can put the worm on the hook for me. But I'm a woman. Hallelujah. I don't have to do that. <laughs> Stand, put the worm on the hook. I can't do it. Ugh. Makes me want to... <laughs> right? So but we have um we have too many that's in a society right now, and then they become very unlawful, unruly don't want to work, and they're fluff balls. And then if they do become a man, guess what? They're not the man of the house. They don't know how to treat a woman. They think they're just supposed to be served all the time. <laughs> My, that's what mama did, right? I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because both my boys, for example, have really become like, like, the, like the, the cooks of the family, make sure, you know, Things like that are, are happening. That doesn't mean that they're, if you don't do that, that doesn't mean, I'm not saying that doesn't mean you're a wimp, because I'm, I'm not saying if you don't, yeah, if you men don't, aren't not the cooks of the home, then something's not, not saying that. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I'm just trying to say, you've seen them, you've been around them, and if you are one, if you are one, if you, if you know you're pretty fluffy, you need to be a man. And maybe you need to, Take a, be mentored by a strong man of God that you see around you. Help them teach you to be a man. Maybe you need to take that nail and hammer and hit your thumb a couple times. Right? Teach you to be a man. Right? Something, I mean, do something that's going to say, help me to not be such so fluffy. Right? Anyway, I'll get off of that now. I think the point was made. But we know that that's unfortunately, what a lot of the society has become. Right, so, Deborah, she respected the man. He trusted her. So, ladies, if you have a leadership position, wherever you are, at work or wherever, respect the men. Respect the men around you at work. Respect if your, man's a, if your, uh, if your boss is a man. You know, respect him. 
show them that you respect them. Help them be able to trust you, that you're going to make them look good. Too many times, whether it's male or female, we set the person up to fail. We set them up to look bad. And I see, you know, I've worked in the workplace before. Women, we're very difficult to work with. We really are. And we want to see that we're going to set up that woman to fail and that woman to fail. And I don't like that man. I'm going to set him up to fail too. He's going to look really bad. That's not being Christ-like. You need to become the example. So they follow you naturally. So they'll trust you naturally. It's, it's really easy to do. You respect them. You respect the men. Um, Deborah, she was willing to go where she was sending Barak. She was willing to go. Get the point? She was, she was willing to do that hard work through the trenches. Uh, she didn't hesitate. She wasn't just saying, you go do this and you go do that and that there, and I'm going to sit here on my throne and watch. She was willing to step up. She didn't hesitate. She stepped up to the challenge because she had a personal relationship with God and she trusted the Lord. She showed by the example she led the way and she demonstrated courage. And again, she had Barak next to her so he looked like the leader. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way, because if you're looking to get the glorification, that self-glorification, that's being selfish, that's being idolatry, you're being an idolater of yourself, right? So it's not about, yeah, I was the leader. That's not the point of her message, not the point about her story. The point was that she was led by example. The point was that she was willing to go. The point was that she didn't hesitate. The point was that she was strong. She was bold. She was assured. And she was willing to fight in the battle and be victorious. And she knew she'd be victorious. Again, it doesn't always maybe happen the way that you want it to. Right? But again, you praise him through it all. She didn't ponder. She didn't think about the situation over and over and over. She didn't wait, and she moved swiftly and confidently, and she made that decision and trusted God. Is there anybody, whether you're listening, don't, don't raise your hand, or in here, that maybe hesitate too long sometimes to make a decision? I know people like that. It makes me crazy. Just make the decision and do it. it I mean, if, you, if it's the wrong decision, if you... God will pick you back up and make it right. But it just, yeah, make a decision. I could mention a bunch of names right now. Just make a decision and do it. Just do it. Amen? amen. Better say amen. <laughs> I mean, if we, if we hesitate too long, we miss it. We miss the opportunity. Do you think that you have that thought because of you? Right? God gave it to you. So make the decision and go for it. And if you mess up, you mess up. You pick up the pieces and you do something different. It's not the end of the world, is it, Stan? Not yet? A few more years, few more years he says. <laughs> Maybe the end of the world, you do something different. You know, Scarlett was full of wisdom last, yesterday. She goes, she goes, when all the people die, 
Will it be the end of the world then? I'm like, oh, wow. How do I answer this? Poppy, <laughs> come in here. <laughs> when everybody dies, or is it the end of the world? I said, guess what? I said, you have Jesus in your heart. Jesus is your God. You live forever. You'll live in heaven with him forever. Forever, I said, forever. Isn't that funny how their mind works? And then this morning she's watching something, and there's like, this little counting show. I don't know. We were up early. Putting something on. And this, there's like, they're counting. Like 220 or something like that. And then she kept going. And then she goes, do you know that numbers never end? I went, you know what? I think you're right. <laughs> I said, true. I said, it's infinity. She goes, what's that? And I said, Infinity is what you just said. It goes <laughs> forever. Numbers go on forever. Yeah, I know, right? Okay, I'm getting off track now a little bit. So, anyway, make that decision. Trust God. Just trust Him. Don't waver and wait too long. Miss the opportunity, and then you're back to square one, trying to figure out what He wants you to do. So, to Deborah, obedience to God was number one to her. She, again, she was poised, she was controlled, she was calm, she was confident, she spoke truth and did not apologize for it. And that's what a judge does, a righteous judge. A righteous judge attitudes, good morals, right? They're going to speak the truth, tell the person, here's the truth, line up word with the word of God, and I'm not apologizing for that truth, Okay. Um, this says, don't fear. God goes before us in the battle. Amen. So Psalms 20 verse six through nine. Now know that I'm the Lord saveth his anointed. Now know that I, the Lord saveth his anointed. That's us. If we'll be a leader. If you're a follower, you're not anointed. Ooh. That just hurt. If you're a leader, you're anointed. Are you anointed? You want to be anointed? Then be that leader. Uh, he will hear from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Stand tall, stand firm, stand strong. Be an example. Okay? Stand upright, save the Lord, save Lord, let the king hear us when we call. You're going into battle. You're going into battle. Some days are worse, are more heavy, worse battle than the day before or the day, the next day. But whatever the situation is, you're going to have spiritual warfare that day. Trust me. But God is with you. Maybe you feel like the attackers, your accusers, those who oppress you seem to outnumber you by the thousands. Feels like it, doesn't matter. Deborah knew herself, did not have the ability to lead the army to battle when outnumbered. That for me. <laughs> she, she did, <coughs> excuse me, let me get this real quick. Um, I'll be right, I think. Uh, Deborah knew herself that she did not have the ability to lead an army to battle when outnumbered. So it's not in our own selves, right? 
It's not by our flesh. That's what we have to understand. She knew she just went in there. Now, do you think she went in unprepared? You've heard us talk about it. Got to get prepared. Put on the full armor of God every day. Teach the little ones. Raise them up. Know to do that. Get prepared. I still tell, I still tell my kids when they're getting on a plane, remember to pray when they're getting in a car. How many times, Leslie? <laughs> she says, so she to learn very young, very young. When she gets on a plane, she said, she just said the first thing she does is touch the plane, blood of Jesus. Because they saw me do the blood of Jesus every time. Oh, yeah, you bet. Right? Um, she trusted in God for provision and power, trusted in his power and in his might. See, she trusted in his power and might. So now I'll tell you what power might mean. Might is a power, it's a force, it's a strength, it's courage, it's valor, it's an intensiveness, intensity, excuse me, sturdiness, greatness. Might primarily means strength. So we can have might but no power. Think about it. You can basically, basically you can have strength but no power. Are you anointed? Pretty much some of the difference here. You can have strength, you can have might, but no power. Power means you can do things. So you can have strength, but if you're not doing anything, you don't have power. Oh, okay. So it's the anointing that makes people follow you. Might demonstrates the power and means an army of soldiers. So in the scriptures, when it talks about might, it means not just you. There's more. There's numbers. Uh, it's not by our physical strength, but it says, by, by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's action, and it's going forth. So if you want to, if you have strength, you're going to have more strength in numbers. And guess what? If you call somebody to pray, or two or more are gathered. Amen? My sister was calling me this week. We have a friend struggling with COVID in the family and everything. And uh, she texted me, and she says, um, Will and I just, we want to learn how to pray like you do. And I said, your prayers are fine. She goes, oh, no, your prayers are powerful. We want to learn how to pray. So uh, and she says, you said something about two or more gathered. I said, yes. And she said, so she called me like every day last week. So you want to pray this together because two or more? So she's got it. Two or more gathered. And I said, yes, okay. So we pray. And then I told her, I said, now you pray. All right. So you'd be an example. You teach them right that, like that. So there's, there's, when you have might, in other words, you have numbers, there's strength. Right? In numbers. And then you walk with that anointing and you have the power. So it's an action that's going forth. It's not just sitting there doing nothing. Are you getting it this morning? Am I encouraging you? I hope that I'm encouraging you to, to rise up. And when you walk out those doors, you're not going to be the same. You can't forget about this message. You can't just come to church and say, oh, it felt so good to be there today. No. You walk out the doors. What do we do? What do we learn? Okay, i got to change. i got to do this. That the message has come forth for you to change. The message don't come forth to entice you to have tickling ears and just feel good. It's to entice you to action. To action. I want to hear from you that you took that by action. You did something about it. Um, demonstrating spiritual ability and strength plus force is what? Let me see where we are. Power. Okay. Demonstrate spiritual ability and strength plus force. It's demonstrating godly morals. It's having, being strong in mind. And we are mighty through what? Of God to what? 
pulling down those strongholds. It's up to you. He uses you. I mean, too many people, I'll just trust God. I'll wait on God. What? <laughs> I mean, he's like, get up and do something. Get to action. He gave you a mind. Use it. He gave you wisdom. Use it. You're just going to sit there and on your behind in the chair and wait for God to plump that job into your lap. I'm just waiting on God. Well, you're going to wait a long time. Going to wait a long time. Wait a long time for that phone call. You need to do the work. It's, yes, thank you. It's action. It's moving and doing something about it. Too many times as Christians, we use I'm just waiting on God or I'm just praying as a manipulation, a cop-out, uh, it's, but it's manipulating people, for one. It's using an excuse. She's using it as an excuse. Um, you know, I've told you the story about praying for a friend of mine that wanted her husband back. Said, I'll call, I'll have, you know, I'll have 25 inter strong intercessors. I mean, strong intercessors, prayer warriors to pray for you and your husband to come back. Five. Because the, in the two of them, three of them, there was Stan, me, and her. So, I mean, two others. Because the others said, I have to pray about it. I have to pray and ask God if that's what he wants me to do. What? I was so disgusted. I said, that's just, you know, manipulation. That's a cop-out. That's an excuse. Just say, no, I don't want to. Don't pull God into your stupidness. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's, it's up to us to help others to pull down those strongholds. But you have to be that warrior. You have to get the victory. It is possible because all things are possible with God. Might is strong, power, strength, and taking the enemy by force. And you usually have a team, locked arms, that do it. Satan and his workers by force in the heavenlies is what we take down. Do you think there's just one little demon up there in heaven? Yeah, it'd be nice, really. He'd be, he'd be done a long time ago. But they take it by force. They're locking arms. So if you want to have might, you want to have power, you do action, you lock arms, you go forth, and you have our victorious. You have power. And you, then you have the anointing. And you don't just sit there waiting for something to happen. Am I changing some personalities in here? I pray. Some characteristics that are not becoming of God, I hope and pray in here. And I'm talking about online too. And Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. In other words, then you're not going to glorify about yourself and how you did it, are you? You're going to praise God. You're going to praise the Lord. Ephesians 3, 16 and 17 that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. See, when you pray and you ask God to strengthen you, when you're praying and asking by faith that he strengthens that inner man, then you're going to be victorious. You may feel like 
my, you know, Leslie and the natural can't do this. But I know my words are powerful. I know my words are powerful and I know they're going to tear down those strongholds. I know. I know the word of God. I can speak the word of God. I can read the word of God. And I can, if nothing else, I can read it out loud and say, Satan, I just want to tell you that it says in the word. It is written here in this word. King James Bible, please. That it's going to strengthen that inner man. And then something new is going to come out of you. Something new is going to happen. A change is going to take place. Now, when we were in Pakistan, <coughs> one of the things that I did was I wanted them to understand. It was not about me touching them, Pastor Missy touching them, because that's what they all wanted. They just needed, they had to have that touch. They came running to the front. They had to have that touch. We were ministers of God. They needed Jesus. They needed God so bad. Every week they get saved. <laughs> Thousands of them. Same people over and over because they just have to have that touch. And I was trying to tell them, do it in your own home. You do this. <coughs> you do this. You are victorious. Don't just come to church thinking that because that minister is going to pray for you, then everything's going to be okay. You have the power. You have Jesus in your heart. You have the power. Right? You have the power to tear down those strongholds. <coughs> Hallelujah is right. Praise the Lord. You have the power to do it. And some of them were getting it. My interpreter, because he had to interpret for me many times, and sometimes it ended up a lot of the same message. A lot of the same message. He goes, I got it. I got it. Thank you. I learned so much. He also learned about the Kundalini. <laughs> he learned about the Shekinah. I mean, because they have it there too. <coughs> I need to drink it. <coughs> we rebuke that in Jesus' Part of it too is I'm yelling. <laughs> I'm declaring and I'm decreeing. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> so I want you to get it. That is, again, it's not about asking the priest to pray. It's not about asking the Pope to pray. It's not about even <coughs> asking your pastor to pray. <coughs> Other than in agreement with you. It's your responsibility. <coughs> I guess I'm about done. I'll finish here in just a second. So, time to rise up. Try time to get anointed. Time to tear down the strongholds. It's time to be bold and assertive. Do you know that in our homes, gather together with other believers in your home, you can tear down these strongholds that are happening here in America. You can tear them down instead of just sitting and waiting for something to happen. God to do something. He's asking us. He's calling us. What are we going to do? 
We're just going to say, I believe God will turn it all around. Are you serious? He's seeing if you're going to turn it all around. He's seeing what you're going to do. He says, children, I've put it in your hands. I've written it in my word. Here's what you're supposed to do. You gather together, you pray, you tear them down. That's what you do. And you do it in your home. You can even do it privately because he's with you. Amen? Amen. So it's, it's time to say, this is not going to take my country anymore. This is not going to take the other countries anymore. We're done. It's over. He's under my feet. The stupidity out there is under my feet. It's done. But he's looking for you. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you to send forth the angels of God to tear it down. (coughs) Amen. (coughs) Okay. Here in a couple weeks, I'll finish. How about that? You have to tell me what slide I'm on here in a minute. But I'll just end with this. You know, Lord, forgive us. Forgive us where we have not called upon your name and not done the work ourselves. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that everyone that sees and hears this message, that they'll say, I choose now to be that leader, not a follower of the world. I choose now to set that example. I choose now to ask you to anoint me to do spiritual warfare. I choose now to find others that are like believers to tear down those strongholds, to believe, to believe that you are going to help us to be victorious with all these lying signs and wonders, all these lies out there in the world, all the enemy's plans and attacks out there. Lord, it doesn't matter what those numbers are. It does not matter. Forgive us for not doing what you've called us to do. Forgive us for being lazy. Forgive us for not arising and saying, I'm here, Lord, today. Use me today. Speak to me. Put it in my heart. Put it in my mind what you want me to say and do today, how you want me to fight. Lord, forgive us where we have not been leaders in the home, leaders in our church, leaders in our community, leaders in our workplace. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you rise up everyone that's listening to this by my voice, that you'll rise them up and say, today I'm a new person in Christ. Today I will be victorious. Today my character is going to change to be Christ-like. But more than that, I'm going to be a prayer warrior. More than that, I'm going to use by might and by by power because it's by your spirit, saith the Lord. Lord, I thank you for it. We give you praise and honor and glory in all things. Everything that you're doing, praise and honor and glory. Thank you, Lord. I encourage you to click on like. I encourage you to click on share this message. I also encourage you to um, donate. You can click on the link below and donate. Also, I just encourage you to pray for Spirit of Prophecy Church. Pray for uh, Prophecy Club. Pray for my new YouTube channel, Train the Prophets. You can go to traintheprophets.com, and I encourage you to share that also. Lord, I ask that you bless these people and keep them safe. Heal them, Lord, those that need to be touched by you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to Spirit of Prophecy Church. So happy. wanted to make a few announcements. Next Sunday, the 19th, will be our Christmas program. There'll be one service only, so we ask the church members to be, please arrive at 10. The service will start at 10.30, so that's next Sunday, the 19th, All right, one service only. 
our Christmas program. Also, the following Sunday, the 26th, there'll be one service also only on that day, on the 26th. Uh, a couple other announcements. There's no Bible study for the next couple of Sundays from the 17th, the 24th, the 31st. <laughs> and it, we will start back on January the 7th. There we go. Yes, three Sundays. Uh, we did have a women's Christmas party yesterday. So as we missed the ladies that didn't, weren't able to show up, that didn't come. But we had a great time. You missed a lot of presents, a lot of uh, gifts. A lot of, well, there were some good gifts. But there was also some dollar store gifts. But it was great. It was fun. And then um, the men's gathering. So you did the garland shootout, shoot, shooting range. Did you enjoy that, men? Yes is the answer. Yeah, you enjoyed that? Amen. Okay, for those that got to go. Um, and so did anybody hit the target? No. <laughs> I said no. Oh, you hit yourself? Okay. And oh, I heard David did do that, right? Um, I think, Stan, you got a couple of bullseyes. Anybody else get a bullseyes? And Lou, so, yeah. And, and Danny, everybody, everybody at least got a bullseye? Cool. That's at least, that's good. All right, then I'm glad I didn't go to show you all up. What was Annie, get your gun? Leslie, get your gun. No, I'm not kidding. Okay, I'm kidding. Actually, I'm pretty good, though, aren't I, Stan? You are. <laughs> All right, so a couple of things. Let me turn this over. See my beautiful helper up here, which is about to drop all the papers? So can you hand those papers to your mom? Okay, so we're going to hand out, um, this is a flyer for whoever would like to have one. That is, uh, is interested in going to train the prophets. That's February the 19th through February the 22nd, uh, 2022. And uh, for church members, there's a special thing that we have going for you. So make sure you get that flyer and talk to Sharonda if you're interested. Also, we've been, we ha we've been having uh, intercessory prayer here the first Thursday of every month. I encourage more of you to come from this church. Um, it's been awesome. I've been hearing some great things about it. A lot of spiritual warfare that goes on. Uh, so the next one will be the first Thursday in January, but I encourage you to come for that. And then, um, we're having the fellowship dinner. The next fellowship dinner will be January the 23rd, right after church. You want to turn and show them that flyer, turn and show it to them. So it's a chili contest. Woo. Are you going to enter? Are you going to be, make some chili? You might win a really big trophy. You can have your mom help you make it, okay? She's the one that said numbers go on forever. Yeah, this is the one that did numbers are forever. They go on forever. I learned a lot this morning talking to her. I did. All right, so that'll be January the 23rd. So you can sign up to be in the chili contest. Can you hand that paper to Esther over here? So we can put that on the round table. And, and here, Esther, I'll hand you this too. Just so it's out of my hands. Um, we're also going to send, send around the fellowship sign up to bring whatever you'd like. Um, this also, this is to, to see Sharonda if you're interested in the train the prophets and also this form here for church members is to sign up for items that we need for the church, like paper towels, toilet paper. Please not the cheap toilet paper. We want the toilet paper that you would even use at home. 
At least the two ply. <laughs> like Charmin. <laughs> don't don't uh, don't cheat God here. <laughs> Make him happy you brought some good toilet paper. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, don't cheat Leslie. She might find you and hunt you down. Say, so take that home. Bring me your good stuff. Here's a newspaper for you. Bring me your other stuff. Yeah, no. Anyway. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the announcements. Again, I um, hope to see you join us next Sunday. One service only. Everybody say one service only. On the 19th and the 26th. Uh, and the 26th. Y'all are not together in sync here. One service only on the 19th and 26th. Now it's in your head. Now the men will forget, so ladies, remind them, okay? At 10.30, but be here at 10. Say, I'll be here at 10. Curve, perfect. Now when we start back up our um, morning services, then after that, then please be here by 9.30 because you're, you're missing stuff. And I'm going to finish talking about Deborah. On December the 9th, no, no, 26th. <laughs> no, there's one service that day. On the... Yeah, next year. <laughs> All right, let's stand. Let's get our service going this morning. Oh, Mommy, she, she can't pray with me? Mama strict. I was never that strict. <laughs> All right, let's just raise our hands. Children, y'all stand up too. We're going to pray. I know God hears y'all's prayers. I know we need y'all to pray more than the rest of us here. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before your throne of grace and mercy, and I thank you so much. I thank you that we can. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. Please come, anoint us. Anoint us to do your service. Anoint the sound. Anoint the praise and worship. Anoint the message, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, while we call upon you, as we call upon you in agreement, as two or more that are gathered in this place, there's people that need prayer that we know of specifically, and some are watching online that we don't even know their need. And some that are in here, we don't even know their need, but you know it, Lord. You know it. So we ask in the name of Jesus for those who are watching and those that are here, if there's any kind of spirit infirmity upon them, we cast it off in Jesus' name. If, Lord, they need an increase in pay, you know. Lord, if they need a new job, you know. They're saying, here am I, Lord. Tell me what I need to do, where I need to go. Guide me, direct me, show me what I need to do, what I need to say. Let there be favor with the, the children of God in the name of Jesus. Lord, I specifically pray for Sean right now in the name of Jesus. That's going to have to have surgery for scoliosis, Lord, on the 27th of December. And in the name of Jesus, we just speak to that back. We say to line up according to the word of God, where it's perfect and functioning according to the word of God in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask, though, Lord, we ask that you guide and direct everything, that there be wisdom with those that are uh, watching over him and taking care of him. That guide their hands, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. 
in the name of Jesus. And Lord, even through this, even through this battle, we just say, Sean, in the name of Jesus, continue to praise the Lord. Give him praise in all things. Lord, I speak to uh, Priscilla in the name of Jesus. I say, be healed completely in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Lord. And Lord, I speak to those family members that are, that are suffering with COVID. I speak to Benice's body right now in Jesus' name. I say, in the name of Jesus, you're healed. In the name of Jesus, we command that spirit of infirmity to get off, this plague to get off of her and her family, that no one else will be affected in the name of Jesus. We cancel the plans and attacks of the enemy off of her life, off of her family's life in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we know that you're preparing the way for her to return back to us. We cancel the plans and attacks of the enemy that keeps trying to cause uh, confusion, to trying to cause delays in the name of Jesus. We say confusion now go to the enemy camp. Delay now go to the enemy camp in the name of Jesus because she has the favor of the Lord upon her. And Lord, we do, we give you praise and honor and glory. And we thank you, Lord, for the service today. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment. Uh, Bill. Good morning, everybody at Spirit of Prophecy Church and everybody watching online this morning. Uh, I was asked to say a few things about tithes and offerings. And I'm sure everybody knows the difference, but tithes are what you give to God. He asked for 10%. Give what you can. If it can't be 10%, he sees your offering. Give it with a good heart, a good spirit. And he will bless you. Uh, that's tithes. Offering is a little bit above tithes. You know, it's what you give extra to help out the church for special needs and things like that. And I'll give you a brief testimony about tithing. Years ago when I started, I tithed for a month. And I would never run out of cash. Nothing would ever happen. Nothing would break. I'd go a couple months and not tithe. And I always ran out of money. And something always broke. <laughs> So I was just kind of on and off with it. And then after about two years, God kind of turned the light bulb up on my head and said, hey, look at what you've been doing and look how it works for you. And he will never cease to bless you. You can't outgive God. And I encourage all of y'all, give from your heart because it is awesome and you will be rewarded and you'll have favor with the Lord. And I just want to thank you right now. And for everybody that's in here, we have a basket for the church. We have one for Cambodia, and we have one for Honduras. Please make your offerings as bountiful and plentiful as you can. And I bless every one of you. And I thank you. Amen. Oh, yes. Anybody that's online, you can text the Spirit of Prophecy Church. Is that correct? If you want to, if you have a check, you need to, you can put SOPC. Um, also, there's a button you can click on to, do, to donate. Those are the church online. If there's uh, anyone here that needs a credit card or debit card form, just raise your hand and one will be given to you. Lord, we know that we cannot outgive you. You measured the earth. You measured the water. You measured the stars. Upon the circle of the earth, no one can come close to measuring you. And Lord, we look down and we say, can we really trust you? Can we really believe that if we give, that you give back, press down, shaking together and running over, that you really open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing? 
But Lord, we know that we can trust you. We've seen it. We've seen it throughout our lives. It is our privilege and our honor to give to you. And Lord, we thank you and we'll give it to you. We ask you to bless it. As a pastor here, I ask you to bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for all the blessings you've given us. And this tithes and offerings that we give is just a small thing in return for what you have done for us. And I ask you this day to bless everyone who gives with a joyful and cheerful heart. Because I know you're smiling down upon us now as we give in joy. In Jesus Christ's precious name, I ask you to bless this offering. Amen. Amen. All right. It's time for praise and worship. Hallelujah. Let's stand up and give him the praise and glory and honor. Come on. Raise your hands with me this morning. It is a great feeling to let go of ourselves and give our all to him because he deserves all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Hallelujah. King of kings and Lord of lords, we worship you truly this morning. Hear our hearts sing. Joy to the world, the
deserve all the glory. We worship you, Lord. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our
did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to Yesterday, today, and forevermore, you were sent down to show us the way, and we praise your glorious and mighty name, Jesus. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise and worship. I know some people don't like Christmas songs, but they cheer me up. I, I really love them. Y'all want to know what my favorite one is? No? Keep going. No. <laughs> no. What child is this? So remember that next week, Leslie Ann, okay? <laughs> Praise the Lord. I uh, forgot to pray for Sunni, you know, our associate pastor and associate pa uh, prophet. So in the name of Jesus, we just lift up Sunni right now in Jesus' name. We speak to her body to function according to the word of God. 
And Lord, we just declare victory over this sickness right now in Jesus' name. We cancel the plans and attacks of the enemy. We reverse the plans and attacks of the enemy. It is done in the name of Jesus. We command that spirit of infirmity and all the other evil spirits that are trying to cause harm to her body right now in Jesus' name. We cancel you and we command you to go. Leave now in Jesus' name. And we command in the name of Jesus there'll be no residual effects in the name of Jesus. There'll be no transfer to anyone that she comes in contact with in Jesus' name. And we thank you for your healing, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord, I lift up this man of God. I thank you for him. I thank you that he's prayed and asked the message that he wants you, that you want him to bring. So, Lord, I ask in the name of Jesus, you anoint him. Anoint him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Lord, let him feel your presence. Let him feel the anointing. Let him know that the words they speak are of you and not of man and not of him. And, Lord, I ask that we all would have ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Help us again to remember the message. Let us not forget. We cancel the plans and attacks of the enemy with that dumb, deaf spirit, that slumbering spirit that would try to cause our ears to be clogged up and not hear the message of the Lord in the spirit and also in the natural. And, Lord, again, we give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Lord, I humble myself before you. We know that you are a God that is very offended by arrogance and pride when people think that they can do it. And so, Lord, I humble myself and say, I know that I can't. I know that I'm a nothing. I'm like an old glove that's deserving to be tossed into the fire. But I also know that when the Spirit of God comes into one, that I can do all things to Christ that strengthens me. And, Lord, I ask you to strengthen you put, that you would fill my mouth with your words. You would bring your anointing into the room. You would touch those people. Because, Lord, that's what we really come here for. Not even to even as much as hear the word as to be anointed and be touched by you. We look forward to the day that we can cast our crowns at your feet, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. And this morning we say, great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee when thy judgments are made manifest. We know that when you return in all power and glory... When that darkness, that eternity enters into time and the heaven rolls back like a scroll. We know that when your glory hits the earth, after we've got our crowns, our mantles, our rewards. Once we can look back on time and see all of the things, everything done in secret is shouted from the rooftops. Everything hidden is made open and manifest. Once we see all that you've done, we're going to take those crowns right back off and cast them at your feet saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. And Lord, we ask You to help us to be prepared to do what You want us to do. In Jesus' name, and the congregation said, Amen. Amen. There are things at work in the world today, though we've been talking about them, 
though we've been preparing, preparing our hearts, preparing ourselves mentally and physically and spiritually, I'm telling you that the, the times we've been talking about, the times of the end, are now upon us. They're upon us in such a way that I can't even begin to talk about. I literally, I can't talk about. But I can tell you that in the next few months, there are going to be so many changes. We've been talking about the massive arrests. Massive arrests are on the way. We've been talking about that these massive arrests could be part of an internal revolution that Dimitri was told about in 1984. Fall of America will start with an internal revolution in America started by the communists. Some of the people will start fighting against the government. The government will be busy with internal problems. Then from the oceans, Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries will attack and defeat America in one day and one hour, so great riches will come to naught. And if it were only for that message, I would be screaming bloody murder from the top of my lungs saying it is here. But I'm saying right now it is not here yet. It is not here yet. But the times, as the song says, they are a-changing. One of the producers of CNN was just arrested for child pornography. And it was not just him also. There's been many other. There's Reportedly, there's been thousands of arrests. A lot of you shaking your head know exactly what I'm talking about. Those arrests are part of an attempt from the good guys to try to clean up. But I haven't seen the sports stadiums filled up with people running out of the sports stadium stands down onto the gridiron, tears in their eyes, giving their heart to Jesus yet. I haven't seen the churches fill up. I haven't seen a big repentance come to America. I think we've got to pray, my brothers and sisters, that this big change, this big attempt to kick the devil out of our government, to kick the devil out of our abortion. I mean, it's on the plate right now. It's, it's before the Supreme Court, even as we speak. We've got to be praying. We've got to be praying that light defeats darkness, that righteousness defeats this evil, because there's evil in our country. How do we do that? The message this morning is, we must come out of the world. Oh, Stan, I'm already out of the world. Well, I'm not out of the world yet. The world is like we're walking beside a big river. And it's flowing fast and hard and strong. And it's difficult to stay out of that river. We can turn on the TV just that quick. We're already back in the world. We get in the car, the radio comes on just that quick. We're back in the world. Someone walks up and says something. Someone tells us a joke just that quick. We're back in the world. It's easy to walk like the world, talk like the world, look like the world, dress like the world. We're not in the world. Well, we're not supposed to be. But this morning, what I've been led to say is make certain that we work to stay out of the world. We can't stay out of the world. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you a scripture where Jesus says, I'm going to pray that you not take them out of the world, but that you take them out of the evil of the world. So we're in the world, but this is not our home. We're just passing through. We're in the world. We're around the world. People are always, people we work with. 
people on the, the subways we ride all the time, the Dallas subways. Not exactly. <laughs> I was hoping to see that there was some people saying, what? <laughs> Every place we walk. We're in the world. And it's very easy to pick up the language of the world. I mean, I'm watching a movie, and I'm hearing this, gee, you know what I'm saying. You can fill in the blank. Or what the? And I find myself having to, to replay that. I'll say, what in the world? <laughs> we have to fight to stay out of the world. If we aren't fighting to stay out of the world, to walk a holy life, broad is the way. Wide is the gate that leads to destruction, and many there, many there be that go thereat. Straight is the gate, narrow is the way that leadeth to eternal life, and few there be that find it. We have to fight to stay away from that broad way. That broad way looks good. By the way, that's why they call it Broadway. Because it's a broad way. <laughs> it's the broad way. We have to fight to stay away from that broad way to walk that narrow path. And by the way, those of us that are trying to walk that narrow path, have you noticed it's starting to get more narrow? As we get closer to the end times, the Lord is looking down on us and saying, who can I use? Who is clean enough? Who is righteous enough? Who knows my word? Who is praying? Who has their giving right, their prayers right, their fasting right? Who is walking right before me? I see. There, there's another one. And we're turning around saying, Right? Here am I, Lord, send me. Today we've got to come out of the world. We've got to make certain to stay out of the world. John 15, 18. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. Yes, we're in the world, but he's saying come out of the world and the things of the world that do so easily beset. That's a good place for an amen. amen. That's the word. It's not me. That's the word, right? Remember the word that I said unto you, that the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they'll keep yours also. We have to understand that I mean, there's a side of us, we want to be liked. We want to be accepted. We want to fit in. But do you kind of feel like a wheel with a flat spot sometimes? Kabunk, kabunk. Truth is, a real Christian doesn't exactly fit into the world. Right? Right or wrong? We're not supposed to fit into the world, my brothers and sisters. We shouldn't look like them. We shouldn't walk like them. We shouldn't dress like them. We should not be like them. Matthew 16, 1. The Pharisees also with Sadducees came, tempting, desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, 
You say that it would be fair weather for the sky is red. Yet, in the morning, it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and lowering. You hypocrites. You can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. He was trying to say, you don't know who is standing before you. You don't understand that I am the Messiah. I am the Christ, the Son of the living God. You don't understand. You're blind. You can't see that. Now, for us, we got it. We see that. But he's saying, stay out of the world. Don't try to be like them. We should be different. We should look, look different. We should act different. And sometimes they call us weirdos. <laughs> but we're not supposed to fit. A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh for a sign, and there should be no sign given in. But the sign of the prophet Jonas, what's he talking about? Jesus was in the heart of the earth for three days. That's what he was talking about. That's the sign. That's supposed to be a sign. You know, when a guy can come back from the dead, he's been dead for three days and he comes back from the dead. That's a pretty good sign. <laughs> right. And they had soldiers posted all around his grave. Because he had already told them, I'm going to come back to life in three days. So they had soldiers posted out there to make certain that he couldn't come out of the grave, but. And yet we wonder, do you think the Bible's really true? <laughs> we'll try reading it. When the disciples would come to the other side, they'd forgotten to take bread. Notice the word. By the way, I forgot part of the announcements we forgot to make. I'm going to be talking on the benefits of bread this Wednesday at 6.30 for those of you who want to come. Yeah? It's not either. I got it set at 6.30. As you can tell, there's a communication breakdown here. That's not the right time? Why is it during the day? This is a Holy Ghost huddle in public here. This is, <laughs> and the truth is, guess who's right? Probably she is. When we're driving down a road way out in the middle of the country, back before GPS, and we would get lost, she'd say, turn right. I knew right was wrong. No, we got to go straight. I know, I know the way. We got to go straight. But what did I do? I turned right to prove her. But the problem is, you guys, you must have one of those too, one of those wife things, one of those mom things, okay? So I turned right and, okay, so Wednesday, Wednesday, we'll let you know the time. We'll send out an email. And if you don't get it, email me at, at askstanprophecyclub.com. Email me and we'll let you know. Anyway, here's what I'm going to do. For the first uh, 30 minutes, I'm going to talk about the benefits of bread, because there are benefits. And then for the next 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to show you how to make a loaf of bread. Now, for our guest that's saying, what? <laughs> here's the brief. Uh, this is... We're a little sidetracked here for just a second. 
So the Pharaoh had the dream, seven years of famine would be followed. Well, there's seven years of plenty, and then there would be seven years of famine. He put Joseph in charge, and they stored up wheat. Not barley, not rice. They stored up wheat. Wheat fed the world for seven years. How do, where do I go with this? I'm not ready to talk about all of it yet. So, we are sort of doing something with wheat. I'll explain. Hey, tune in. It'll be on the, on the video here later. Anyway, I think that's all I want to say. I'm going to be explaining the benefits of wheat and how to make a loaf of bread where you actually, I will actually bring in the wheat berries. They don't call them seeds. They call them berries. Wheat berries, grind them into flour, and actually cook bread. As a matter of fact, I've made about 48 loaves of bread. And it's great. There you go. We got one person with a correct answer. Great. Of course, he makes bread. So, <laughs> Okay, so anyway, back to our message. So the disciples come to the other side, and they had forgotten to take bread. And she said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Now, what's the leaven? That's the yeast part of it. Because if you don't put leaven in your bread, you come up with a brick. And yes, you can eat it, but it takes a chainsaw to cut it in pieces. Or you can break it in chunks. Break your teeth as you're trying to chew it. But if you put in a little yeast, I know, then your, your, your bread is not this tall, but it rises to be about four or five inches tall, and it's nice and soft and fluffy, and it's nice to eat. So actually, what he's saying is a little bit of sin makes life better. but we've got to beware of that sin. Do we like sin? Do we like sin? The correct answer is yes, sometimes we do. Is it good? we got to fight to avoid it, right? Okay. So he's saying, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Who are the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Well, the fair, they called them Pharisees because they were fair, you see. No, no. Those were the leaders of the church. Do we have some churches, even in America today, where the leadership is not right? Yeah. <laughs> not in America. Matter of fact, I get emails all the time. Please, Stan, can you tell me of a good church? No, actually, we don't have anything to do with the churches, and other churches don't have anything to do with us. Because there's absolutely no cooperation among the churches. Now, the devil's crowd, oh, they all get along. They all cooperate. Doesn't make a difference. They all cooperate. Churches? Nah, we don't have anything. Yeah, it's sad, you see. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> so I guess we're sad, you see, in our church. So he's saying, beware of the mistakes of church leadership. That's the way we would say it today. In these emails, they say, please stand. Matter of fact, I made a whole recording, 30-minute program, talking about what to look for in a church and the things not to look for. And it got a lot of views. Anyway, so he says, 
Beware the leaven of the Pharisees. Watch that you don't fall for what you're being, being taught a lie. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, Oh, it's because we've not taken no bread. Which Jesus proceeded and said to them, Oh, ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves because ye have brought no bread? <laughs> Do you not understand what I'm really talking about? He said, Neither remember the five loaves that fed the 5,000. Do you remember that? By the way, that was wheat. 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 Neither the seven loaves that fed the 4,000. Don't you remember that? How is it then you do not understand that I spake not to you concerning wheat bread, that's the way we would say, that you should not beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees? Then understood they how he bade them, Beware of the leaven of the bread, but not of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He's saying, don't necessarily believe everything that comes from the pulpit. What about us today? Well... You know, we don't have to worry about the last days because we're going to get raptured out of here. Right. I mean, right, that's wrong. In other words, no, there's not a pre-trib rapture. Matter of fact, I explained that Friday night at the Bible study. Now, Peter confesses Jesus as Christ here. Matthew 16, 13. Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea and Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, who do people round town say that I am? That's the Texas version. And he said, some say that you're John the Baptist, others Elias, others Jeremiah. Some people say one of the prophets. Now, this is important. He said, who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Boy, they, he said, you know what? You can figure that out yourself. Spirit of God showed that to you. We should be listening to that spirit as we're walking around and one of the things I've noticed about, is it just me or is it warm in here? It's warm in here, isn't it? I'm always trying to listen in here to that spirit. But what I've discovered is if I ignore it too many times, then it gets to where it's not speaking to me so often. So when it speaks to me, I have to go ahead and do what it's telling me to do. Does that make sense? I've discovered the more I, I follow and do what he tells me to do and listen to what he's saying, then he speaks to me more often. Does that make sense? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He answered and said to them, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not re revealed this to you, but the Father which is in heaven. That's what we want. Now he says, You're Peter. Now the word Peter means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, that is one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the whole Bible. That's what the Catholic Church uses as their foundation. They say that we are the church of Peter, and that we are the only church. Wrong. Right. Okay. Because we're the church of Peter. That's what their claim is. Now, was he saying... Thou art Peter, and upon Peter I'm going to build my church. I think he was saying, talking about himself. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, meaning Jesus, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. The church is not built upon Peter. The church is built upon Jesus. He is the rock. Jesus is the rock, not Peter. <clears throat> and I will give unto thee the kings, uh, keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, 
He said to the church, I've given you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Do you know that Jesus gave us the authority to remit sins? That is scriptural, correct? What does that mean? That means that with, when someone like, say, for example, named Sean has scoliosis, we can speak and release that generational curse, and we can watch them be healed. The thing that the devil hates about the church, and the reason he wants to destroy the church so much, is because the church has the power. But see, because the 12 disciples, meaning us, were called before him, and he gave us power over serpents, scorpions, and over some of the power of the enemy. All of the power. It's what we say. It's what comes out of our mouth that goes, and the devil don't like it, and he can't do anything bad. He can't stop it. Look, one can put a thousand to flight. Come on. Two can put 10,000 to flight. That's the reason back in September, we had 48 hours of prayer. We had about, as you know, many of you there, 200 people came from all over America, and we kept that microphone going hot for 48 straight hours. Set up a microphone. We said, can't, you can pray all you want to, as long as it's not more than five minutes. <clears throat> kind of like Henry Ford said, you can have any color car you want as long as it's black. <laughs> you, you can pray as long as you want to, as long as it's long, not more than five minutes. We set the microphone up. And that line stretched back, and I saw these little old ladies get up there first. They'd hold that piece of paper, and it's shaking and rattling, but they're fighting the devil. And then the next time they get up, and they're not shaking as much. They go to the back of the line. Next time they get up, and she's pounding the devil and pounding the devil. And we're going, yeah, amen, yeah. 48 hours went on. Now, that was just here. 200 some odd people in present, but there was some 25,000 views over the weekend. Do you think that counted? <laughs> I think that counted for a lot. Because we've been given the keys of heaven. Whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Then charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus Christ. Yes, ma'am? Well, here, I, she's got a good point. She needs she, give her her microphone. There you go. Hers. She's got... Okay, I just want to explain this because I don't want you to get confused because he's talking about healing and also about remitting sins. This says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever that shall bind on earth shall be bound in the heaven. In other words, whatever you ha sin you have now on earth, well, if you don't, if you don't um, repent from it, take it away, it'll be in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose it off, in other words, command it to leave, then it'll be loose and it won't be in heaven. That's what that means. It has nothing to do with binding the devil. Because you don't bind the devil. There's Correct. no scriptures about binding the devil. We can't bind the devil. No. We cast him off. We cast him off. You can bind the word of God. Yes. 1621, Matthew. From, the time, from that time forth, Jesus went to show himself to the disciples. How that... He must go to Jerusalem, he told them. Suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the church leaders. That's what he's really saying. And to be killed and raised again the third day. He told them. But they just didn't get it. Have you ever heard something but just didn't get it? 
Well, I'm glad I never do that because when Leslie tells me something, I always remember it. Not. I'm not going to look at you. I'm not going to look at you. <laughs> then, Peter, then Peter took him and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not be unto thee. And he turned and said, Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Wait a minute. Is it possible that Peter actually heard from the devil? The devil actually put this in his heart to say? That's what it says. Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. So if Peter can have a thought put in him from the devil, what about us? Is that part of coming out of the world? We've got to recognize, no, that's not of the Lord. And that's when the Bible says casting down imaginations. That's what we have to do. We have to cast down. No, I'm going to cast that down. I'm not believing that. I'm not taking that. I'm not doing that. Amen. Yes. <clears throat> then it said Jesus to his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What does that mean? You see, I like my job and I want to keep my job. I don't want to go follow you. I know you're calling me to the ministry. I don't want to do that. Is there some people saying that to God? I know you're calling me to move, but I don't want to move. I like living here in... Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So part of coming out of the world is putting Jesus first. Remember the scripture where it says that you, no, no one has given up lands or mother or father for me has lost anything, but it's going to be given back to him many times. Same thing. That's what he's talking about. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. <clears throat> now, what is that saying? Is that saying whosoever will lose or leave his old job for the new job will actually find it? Or is that also saying, whosoever will actually die for me will actually find eternal life? I think it's saying both things. I think that if our heart is right, if we're putting Jesus first, then it doesn't make a difference. A lot of people want to live a long, time, long life. My objective is just serve the Lord and do what I'm supposed to do. And when my time's up, my time's up. It doesn't bother me. Fear, death doesn't bother me. I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of the Lord. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen? For what is a man profited if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Meaning, this whole world, everything in this world is but a vapor. Fleeting vapor, it goes away. But eternity, I heard it said one time that eternity is like the rock of Gibraltar, which is a very large rock. Try to imagine a mockingbird flying by once every thousand years and wiping its beak one time across that rock of Gibraltar. When that rock of Gibraltar has been worn down to where there's nothing left, eternity has only started. That's a long time. <laughs> And like uh, Scarlett said this morning, numbers go on forever. Well, Christians get to go on forever. 
When the Son of Man came into the glory of his Father, what does that mean? The glory. The key word here is this word, glory. What is he talking about, glory? The morning star, you're right. Open book test. So when Jesus returns, <clears throat> when the heavens roll back like a scroll, when he returns, he blows his glory down on the earth. When we get that glorified body, he's returning in the glory of his Father with these angels. Who else is there? We're there. And what are we riding? White horses. Do we fight? No. Jesus and the two angels do all the destruction. Jesus with the morning star, the two angels with the sharp sickles. Jesus hits the morning, the, the tares, they fall to the ground, pile of ashes and bones, destroying body and soul. And the two angels with sharp sickles slash the grapes, the blood rises, the horse bridles about 1,600 furlongs. That's what he's talking about. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Then shall he reward, then shall he reward, then in other words, that glory, when it goes down, as it hits us, out of our belly flows rivers of living water, and we get our crowns, our mantles, our glorified body, everything. In an instant, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last or the seventh trump. Son of man shall come to the glory of his father with his angels. Then he shall reward every man according to his works. Verily I say to you, there shall be some standing here which shall not taste death till they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, notice it said kingdom, not glory. So, he came in his kingdom when he arose from the dead. He rose in his, from the dead into his kingdom. But he's not returned in his glory yet. He returns in his glory here at the seventh trump. Or over on this chart. He returns in his glory here on the Feast of Trumpets. <clears throat> okay. This is, according to my interpretation, also Dimitri Goodman agreed with me, many other people, Revelation 18, the entire chapter is talking about America. Now, I do not think that we're there yet, but I do think we're getting close. If we don't pray, it's going to be closer if we don't pray. After these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power. And the earth was lightened with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, America, or Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen. Now, it has two fallens. I've talked through this a lot of times. It has an is fallen and an is fallen because there's two different destructions coming to America. The first one happens on or about right here. This is the seven-year tribulation from here to here, seven years from here to here. The audible voice said, the seven seals play over seven years. The seven trumpets play over seven months. The seven vials play over seven days. So I believe the fall of America the first time is on or about round here where it says barley harvest just before the wheat harvest. Now, let's go to the other chart. From here, actually from here to here is the last seven months. <clears throat> so... I believe the fall of America is someplace right in here, just before Pentecost. That's the reason this is the, uh, I'm getting into much prophecy here. I'll, I'll try to get all this. Anyway, somewhere in here, and this, the first is fallen. This is the point. The first is fallen is because of sins in the church. I'll show you in a second. The second is fallen is out here at the very last part of it, about four months later when Jesus returns 
on the Feast of Trumpets. And that's because of the blood of the Christian martyrs, because they killed the Christians. Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, has become the habitation of devils. Are we there yet? No, but we're close. And the hold of every foul spirit, again, close. The cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. What is fornication? It's going away from Jesus. Because America was the nation that took the Bible to the world, we were blessed. Now Hollywood has taken corruption to the world, and we're going to reap the whirlwind. For all nations drunk of the wine of the wrath of fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication. In other words, the other nations have gone away because of America, gone away from God. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of delicacies. For in her is the great men of the earth. So the people that own and rule the world business-wise are mostly coming out of America. No one disagrees with that. <clears throat> now, here's the point of the sermon this morning. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people. Now, I do not believe that that means pack your bags and move from America yet. I do think the day is coming when we, that's exactly what we'll be told to do. But I do not think it's yet. I do think it's saying we need to come out of the world. Don't look like the world, walk like the world, talk like the world. Don't be part of the world. I like going to the restaurant just like you do. But sometimes that can get into us and become the world. True? I watch sometimes things on TV. But if we don't watch it, the TV can be in us. can get in our heart, right? We listen to music. But we have to guard our heart to make certain that it doesn't get in our heart. Caught yourself humming or, or singing a song a long time ago, back maybe before you got saved. You heard those words and you thought, what was I thinking? Wow. I didn't realize what that song was saying. So it got into our heart. Got into our heart. We didn't realize it. See, the devil is the most subtle beast of the field. He doesn't come to the front door, ring the doorbell and say, I'm the devil. Can I come in? No, he breaks in the back door or sneaks in a crack or through a window around the side. Come out of her, my people that you be not partakers of her sins, so that you don't receive of her plagues. For her sins reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her, here, hang on, hang on, what's this saying? Her sins reached unto heaven, God hath remembered her iniquities. Doesn't the sins of every nation reach unto heaven? No. What prevents the sins from reaching into heaven? The blood of Jesus. So this is a Christian nation that mostly has the sins of the nation covered in the blood of Jesus. But as that sin, as that nation turns away from Jesus, now the sins are able to reach to the Father. That's what it's saying. For her sins reach unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities, because she's forgotten the law of her God. Remembered her, even as she rewarded you. Excuse me. Reward her, even as she rewarded you. Who's this you? Who's the you? Christians. God is saying, reward America even as she rewarded how she mistreated the Christians. Well, wait a minute. Christians in America are not mistreated yet? Yes, I agree. That's the point. It's not here yet. But it's coming. <clears throat> if they persecuted me, they'll 
persecute you. Reward her if she rewarded you, double and her double, double and her double, according to her works. In the cup that she has filled, filled her a double, meaning he's going to punish America twice what he's blessed her. That's pretty tough. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously. <laughs> we have a man here who's uh, spent a lot of years in Mexico. You'll probably agree that America has the best Mexican food. America has the best Italian food. <laughs> Who invented pizza? Oh, it was invented in Italy. Well, not exactly. Pizza Hut would disagree. The house has the best Mexican food, not America. Who does? The house. The house has the best food. Deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, boy, is this America. I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. Most American Christians think that they're never going to see any sorrow. Not me. Besides that, I'm going to pre-trib rapture. You know, you know, I don't have to worry about all that stuff. No man know what the day or the hour. How many times have I heard that one? I said a queen, and I'm no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall a plague come in one day, death, mourning, and famine. She shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Now, the point of whole, all of that is come out of her, my people. The point that I think the Lord is saying to us today, he's saying, yes, there's about to be changes in the world like you cannot believe. Yet, I'm going to meet the devil, entry and step for step, pound for pound, everything he does, and I want to use you. But I can't use you if you're walking with the devil, if you're in the world, looking like the world and the things of the world. I'm saying I want to use you, but you've got to come out of the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Some of you recognize the word in there? Stan, it's hard to stay out of the world. That's the point. That is the point. If we don't watch, <laughs> we'll find ourselves back in the world. It's easy. It's easy to get back in the world. Jesus says, we're the light of the world. What? Wait a minute. The one that's carrying, because Jesus is the light, okay? He's the light of life. He is the light of the world. And when we carry Jesus, we are the light of the world, right? Like Leslie said this morning. Every building we walk in, every business we walk in, every phone call, we are Jesus to most people. You're the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hid. In other words, if you have Jesus in your heart, we need to be talking and telling other people about him, right? Neither did men put a can light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. That would give a light to all that are in the house. In other words, everyone should be hearing about Jesus from let your light so shine before men that, you may, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Likewise, John 8, 12 says, Jesus spake unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have, now look at those last three words, the light of life. I believe that when the sperm meets the ovum, there is a light of life formed right then. So somebody is saying, well, when does life start in the womb? I believe that's when it starts. The light of life. That's when it starts, right there. When they meet, he gives the light of life. And from that second, the clock is ticking. 
Look, he said, Bible said he knew Jeremiah in the womb. He didn't say, I knew Jeremiah as soon as his heart started beating. And now come I to thee, and these things I spake of the world, that they might, that your joy might be, full. let me try it again. And that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them my, thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now here's the point. I pray not that thou should take them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from evil. He's saying, we live in the world, but we should not live in the world. Know what I mean? We're in the world, but we should not look like them. We should not walk up. We don't, we shouldn't. If you have to tell your friends you're a Christian, something wrong. Everybody ought to know. And you shouldn't have to go around telling them you're a Christian. They ought to know. They know by our walk, our talk, the way we look, the way we dress, the way we act. Pray not to take them out of the world. Take them out of the evil. They're not of the world. Not of the world. Not of the world. Even as I'm not of the world. Sanctify them through the truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I also send them into the world. So yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. That makes sense? Yes. Point. We're not of the world. Say it. We're not of the world. We are the light. Meaning we're carrying Jesus. Come out of the world. We got to come out of the world. Be separate. We are in the world, but not of the world. Finally, here, let me, before, here, before I get to that, whole point this morning is we're about, to, we are probably about to see massive arrests. We are probably about to see tanks roll down Pennsylvania Avenue into the Supreme Court, into the White House, into the Capitol. We're probably about to see the internal revolution take over in America, just as Dimitri was told in 1984. We're about to see a new financial system, the swift system of the devil kicked out, and the quantum financial system of the devil brought in. We're about to see the swift system that gives us anonymity and allows us to be not tracked and monitored, kicked out, and the quantum financial system brought in so that he causeth all both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand and their forehead, and that no man might buy or sell, save he had the mark of the name of the beast with the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him hath understanding count the number of the beast for his number of a man. His number is... Think I'm kidding? We're about to see that happen. But this congregation has their eyes open, their ears open, and we're ready to go to work. We aren't going to be biting our fingernails when we see this happen in the spirit, maybe in the flesh we want to. <laughs> but like Celeste said this morning, you've got to fight, you've got to battle. Amen. But in the spirit, we're going to be saying, hot dog, finally, I get, wait, wait, no, not yet. Lose your toes. We're going to be saying, hot dog, finally these people that wouldn't listen to me about Jesus are coming to me and saying, what must I do to be saved? Yeah. Finally, we're able to hold hands and pray with someone and lead them to the Lord. Have you ever done that? If you've ever done that, there's, there's nothing better on this planet 
than holding someone's hands and leading them to the Lord. When you open your eyes and see those big tears rolling down their face, and they're a new person. God has touched their heart. Have you seen that? Have you had that happen? If you hadn't had that happen, say, Lord, please use me. I want to lead someone to the Lord. The point is, make certain that he can use us. We don't want him to look down and say, you know, I'd like to use you, but. And, but, and this, and you remember that. Let me show you this. Right? Instead, we want him to send us a dream or a vision or speak to our heart. We find ourselves in a situation where he's using us. Somehow, someplace, some way. So that's what he's saying this morning has come out of the world. Be separate. Don't be like the world. Don't be like the world. Amen? All right, now. So in conclusion, if you uh, would like to join our ministry saying, look, I can agree with a ministry that believes in the King James Bible and just simply trying to teach the King James Bible and trying to live the King James Bible. That's us. Amen. Okay, that's us. As simple as it gets. And you can go to prophecyclub.com or Spirit of Prophecy Church and you click on this right here and you can join us. Next thing, if you're watching online, click like, share, and subscribe. And finally, <laughs> finally, is your name in the book of life? Is your mom, dad, brother, sister, people at work, have they asked Jesus into their heart? Do you know the scriptures to be able to lead them to the Lord? Well, this is one of the big ones. For God, for, for God forsook the world, and <laughs> right? No, no. So love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We don't have to die. We can be like numbers, go on forever. I never thought of that. I mean, think about that. Numbers go on forever. Who would think of that? How old is she? How old is she? Five? Five-year-old. Figured out something I hadn't figured out. Also, all of sin. Every one of us. Bible says we're born in sin. Grace is a gift. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a gift. Eternal life is a gift. I don't understand why someone wouldn't take it. It's a gift. It's free. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. Well, how do we get it if we can't earn it buy it? I'm glad you asked. All we have to do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus rose from the dead. And that should be saved. For the heart man believes in righteousness with mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's simply saying you can't say it and not really mean it. You can't believe it and not really say it. We've got to say it. To, and a Christian can't say We can't deny Jesus. Now, other gods, they can. It doesn't make any difference. They're lost anyway. But us, we can't deny Jesus. And for us to be able to die for our Lord is the greatest crown. Wait a minute. You're, you're telling me you're going to kill me and give me the highest resurrection possible? Well, okay. Where do I sign up for that? Stand your sick. No, I'm committed. Peter said to them, repent, be baptized. 
What does repent mean? I've seen these people that, oh, yeah, I remember in high school I saw one guy, oh, he got Jesus. Two weeks later, he forgot Jesus. He's back the same old guy. So in my life, when I started cleaning up, I said, ah, I'm really going to walk away from that life. So I started cleaning up slowly. But then I said, I ain't going back again. It's like the dog returns to the vomit. Hey, have you ever seen, have you ever seen a dog throw up? I don't know. I got, about a year and a half ago, I got a Belgian, yeah, she, Leslie's going, ah. I got a Belgian Malois, which was just a little dog when I got her. Now she's a beautiful dog, but it's like, right? When somebody walks in the house, their ears perk up. All they got to do is hear her bark one time, and they know somebody is protecting this house, right? It's a whoo. Yeah. It's what? Yeah. <laughs> her, she's, she's got two dogs. One of hers is five pounds. Four, four pounds. Hold it in your hand like this. Hold it. <laughs> Hold it in your hand like this. Mine is, would you say, 70? Maybe 80 pounds? I don't know. And she's got teeth like, uh, uh, I call her land shark. We just had a guest over this a couple weeks ago. And they said, man, she's got teeth like a shark. Just like, like all you got to do is see them teeth. And it's like, okay. Anyway, now what was I saying here? What was I trying to say? What was the point? Oh, so I'd never had a dog before. And so, you know, Leslie's dogs would get sick or make a mess, and that's Leslie's dog, and that's her mess. So guess what? When I got my dog, <laughs> that's your dog, that's your mess. Yeah. Oh, boy. Big dog, Meg Mass. Yeah, that's right. I remember, I thought it was really funny when I, I got something in a box. And so I threw out the cardboard box, and I, it was great fun. She was tearing this, tearing this box all up, this cardboard. Little bitty chunks of box every place in my office. I thought that was great fun until she threw up. Yes, come find out she was eating some of that box. Well, that, when that threw out, and by the way, she now has got to where she does that about every six to eight weeks, throws up and is like, that scripture, <laughs> that scripture comes to mind, dog returning to his vomit. And Leslie says those two words, your dog. Your dog. So repent means when you walk out of that mud, don't walk back in it. When you throw that garbage up, don't eat it again. I'm going to lead you in a very simple prayer. It takes about 30 seconds to say it. But if you haven't said it, it will change your life. What it will do is make the devil take his hooks out of you. It will release you from the power and control of the devil so you no longer have to sin. Oh, you can still sin if you want to. But that's the point. It's your choice not to sin. 
Because if you haven't received Jesus, you're on your own. The devil is eating you alive. He's tearing you up. But if you ask Jesus to be your Lord, then the devil got to say, ho, ho, another one, huh? Wish you'd quit leading those people to the Lord. I could just have my way in their life. But now, when you accept Jesus, you don't have to sin. You don't have to let the devil beat up on you anymore. You can if you want to. But you don't have to. He sets you free. So let's pray. Let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, I admit I'm a sinner. I confess with my mouth. And I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is the Christ. The Son of the living God died on the cross, arose three days later. I received his blood to wash my sins away, to write my name in the book of life, to keep me holy, to save me in the day of trouble. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, send me an email. There's my email. If I say it, then I get stuff from China emailing me and all sorts of garbage out there. So email me and say, I just received Jesus. And in the meantime, online, thank you for watching. And in here, thank you for coming. And if you're online, slide down there. There's a blue line. You can click on that line. It'll take you over there. And you can give a donation to God. Not to this church, but a donation to God. And if you're in the audience and you like prayer, come on up. And Leslie or I will be happy to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for coming.